Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. Hey, what is up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. So good to have you here with us. Really do appreciate you being here, whether you're a brand new speaker or you've been doing this for decades, wherever you're at in your speaking journey, really do appreciate you're here. We hear from speakers just about every single week, almost every day of, of speakers who listen to the podcast, uh, who shared in some way how the show has helped them. And that just really means a lot. And in fact, just as a little side note here, if the show is helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review within iTunes or share the, the show with someone else, subscribe to the show. Those little things, they may not seem like a big deal to you, but they definitely make a difference to the show and to helping other people find the show. And I love just hearing your feedback and comments and thoughts, either through email or through the iTunes review. So really does appreciate it. And it's kind of a little rocket fuel to keep us going. Hey, so today we got a great guest before we get to that. Let me remind you again, if you haven't already, you definitely want to check out freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. Every single week, we do a free live training teaching you all about how to find and book paid speaking engagements. So you definitely want to check that out. Again, whether you're a brand new speaker or you've been doing this for many, many years and you're just trying to figure out how to get paid more or find more bookings, we'd love for you to come join us again over at freespeakerworkshop.com. All right, my friends, let's get to today's conversation. Today, we're talking with Josh Dreen. Josh Dreen. And, and Josh actually kind of teaches and talks through how to leverage video content for speakers. So we talk about why speakers need to be producing video content. We talk about how he uses video content to actually get speaking gigs. We also talk about how to get started with making videos and then even just kind of overcoming the fear of doing videos and, and even what you should be talking about. So a lot to cover here. If you're even slightly intrigued by videos or you're recognizing that the landscape of content from blogging to podcasting to video, all these different mediums that are available video is definitely emerging and will continue to emerge as a possible leader in the marketplace. So definitely something to be paying attention to. I know I personally have been really paying attention to this. I've been dabbling with Facebook Live. So in fact, if you're not following us on Facebook, we'd love for you to check it out. We do some uh, weekly, we try to do weekly Facebook Live videos just to kind of teach and train on the speaking industry. And so I'm trying to learn and pay attention to the video aspect of that myself and ways that we can better produce content for you. So again, this conversation with Josh is really helpful. I think you're going to get a lot from it. So let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Josh Dream. What's up, my friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. Hey, today I'm joined by Josh Dreen, who is doing some fascinating, interesting stuff when it comes to video and video marketing, video content, using video to build his speaking platform and his speaking brand. And uh, so excited to chat with him today and hear what he is up to, some of the lessons that he can share with us. So Josh, what's up, brother? How are you today? I'm good, Grant. It's an honor. Thanks for hanging out with us. So first of all, let's start. Let's kind of zoom out a little bit. And why don't you give us a quick snapshot here of uh, who is Josh Dreen? What is it that you do? And how does speaking fit into your world? Yeah, great, great. There's a, a lot to unpack there, I think. I am primarily a youth motivational speaker. 
That's my full-time job. I've been doing it for five years now. I'm also a uh, student at Harvard. I live in Boston. I'm studying business management part-time. You're a nerd. (laughs) I wish. I I definitely don't fit the stereotype on campus, that's for sure, but I love it. I'm a YouTuber. I do a prank series. I do an almost daily vlog, breakdance tutorials, beatbox tutorials, and I'm a street performer. So I do a lot of street performing here in, in Boston and Sometimes if I'm in a cool city, I'll, I'll do some busking there as well. So it sounds like you have no shortage of things to do right now. Right. There's lots on the plate. We're working hard. But again, my passion is the speaking piece. So it's an honor to be here. And hopefully we can uh, add some value to some of the listeners today. Cool. So I know when we first originally had talked that you'd mentioned that you were doing a lot with video content to kind of build your brand and build your platform. And video is obviously one of the things that's been around for a little while, but at the same time, it's still, I don't know, it still feels relatively new, especially as a way to market your brand and what it is that you do as a, as a speaker. So kind of talk us through how are you using video currently to promote what it is that you do, to get bookings, just to move the needle in your speaking business? Yeah, great question. I do believe that video is the now as well as the future. It's really interesting, the stats on that, because I mean, Cisco predicts that in 2020, 82% of all content that we digest online is going to be video. And if you think about it, Facebook. Right, say that again, say that again. By 2020? By 2020, 82% of content content digested online will be video. It's gonna grow 22% for the next few years, every single year for the next few years. And uh, I mean, think about it in your own life, right? If there's some sort of glitch or some sort of problem that you're dealing with and you go to the internet and you Google it, wouldn't you rather like watch a quick 30 second video on how to do it than like actually read a blog post, have to digest it yourself. Like it just takes more work for us. So we're lazy. We like video. We want you to tell us how to digest what it is we need to do. Right. And in the speaker world, we talk so much about the demo video, the infamous demo video. It's one of the most important things as a speaker in order to be successful. And I personally believe that you should be focusing a lot on getting a really good demo video. I believe that the money that you're allowed to charge as a speaker is in direct proportion to the quality of your demo video. Because if it's like you're getting started and you just have like a video shot on your iPhone, the audio is not good, the lighting's not very good, people are gonna see that and they're gonna say, okay, they probably aren't worth three grand. But if they can see like, really cool angles. They put a lot of time into it. They've brought someone out. It's cut together. Well, I can feel emotion as I'm watching this. Then you can start charging more. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I've seen that change in my life. Like my first demo video, understandably so wasn't that good and that's okay. But I was charging like 500 to a thousand dollars and slowly you get better video and you put it together and it's nicer. And all of a sudden people stopped asking like, what is it we're actually getting? Show me the very detailed outline. Show me the learning outcomes. And now they're asking more questions of like, well, I feel the emotion. I see that you're good and that news is covering you. So they've stopped like asking those little questions, asking for references, and they're just like going with it and they they feel it. it. You know what I'm saying? I think you've experienced that in your own life with your own videos. No, there's, I mean, there's definitely a lot of truth to whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, like people judge books by their covers. So if your website looks like crap or if your demo video looks like crap, then people are going to assume that you are a crappy speaker. Now that may not be accurate, may not be fair, may not be true. But again, that's oftentimes the perception that people may have 
just by looking at your marketing material. So I would totally agree that video is critically, critically important. So you've got the demo video, like you've mentioned, is kind of the key linchpin that so many speakers need and having a quality one. But beyond the demo video, what other video are you doing right now that is helping to make things happen for you? Yeah, so the nexus of this vlog idea that I do where I film an almost daily vlog. I'm putting out three to four videos every single week, high quality videos. Most of the time it's me speaking on stage. The nexus of that came from saying, well, a demo video is good, but what if I could make a current demo video for every single presentation that I go? And now instead of just seeing this really perfect, beautiful thing, you can actually like watch what I did yesterday. If you go to my website, you can see this week's adventure and you can watch the presentation and how it went and the students' reactions. And so I think that immediacy helps conference planners and principals book me more because they're like, oh, wow, he's doing a lot and it's exciting. It's also a relationship tool. So now they're learning about me and my family and the way I do my speech. And sometimes that can be a really, really good thing. Sometimes it can be a little creepy in a good way as well. I actually spoke at a school here in Boston recently and the principal was asking me all sorts of questions like, how old is your son? Or How's your vacation? And then she started answering those questions because she was watching my videos before I even showed up. So it's building an audience and a relationship beyond just the presentation. So rather than just kind of doing, you know, a one-off demo video, it's almost like you're doing a demo video every day, every few days. And every, every time you're giving a presentation, there's a video around that subject or topic. Is that kind of the nutshell of what you've been doing? That's how it started. Yes. I would love to put a demo video together and send it out. And it's kind of snowballed from there a little bit more. I mean, if you think about it, you go and you speak in a school, it's a one and done presentation. You might have some follow-up materials, but there's not too much after that other than I hope kids will follow me on Instagram or my Snapchat. Now that I'm filming these videos, these kids are elated to go subscribe to my YouTube channel because not only do they get to see their school, like I'm vlogging at the school and if they're in the vlog, they want to see themselves because they almost feel like they're on a TV show. They feel like they're famous. They get to see themselves. They also get to connect with other students across the nation. I can be in Miami, Florida, speaking at a high school and ask a question to that audience and say, hi, I'm going to be in Missouri next week. Uh, This is what those kids are experiencing. Uh, Do you have any questions for them? And then I can go to that school and say, hey, I was in Florida and these kids wanted to know this from your own experience. Is it true? How does it feel? Then I can vlog about that. I can put together the video. It's really nice and cinematic. And the kids can have a forum there where they comment with each other. And it's we're creating a connection. We're building an army of positivity really is what it comes down to. You'd mentioned the word vlog. And so for someone that may not be familiar with that, give us the nutshell. What exactly is a vlog? It's the new wave, brah. It's what it's all about. Vlogging is... Video blogging. Blogging traditionally is writing a blog post about something that you're experiencing or something that you know, posting it up online. Vlogging is very simply doing the exact same thing and doing it in video form. So my expertise, I'm branded as an anti-bullying youth speaker. I also do leadership conferences. And so what I want people to be digesting in my video is pretty much my brand. Like the videos are fun. They're engaging. They're my adventures. I'm skateboarding around. I'm talking to random strangers. Like it's entertaining to watch and it's fun, but there's also a little learning outcome that we drop in there so that students can learn some of those social and emotional 
components to be kind at school, to be respectful. It's just really to show that you can have fun and be respectful at the same time. So while there's a lot of speakers that may do a blog, a written blog, and they're writing blog posts related to their subject or topic or some latest travel adventure that they've experienced or some speaking engagement that they had, you're doing basically the same thing. You're just doing it in video form. Is that the nutshell? Yeah, everyone needs to be generating content. Listeners, if I could give you a piece of advice, you have to be generating content and it's hard, but you don't have to do something that you hate. Like for me, when I first started, everyone was like, you got to have a blog or you got to write a book. And so I started doing those things, but you go to my website and you look at my blog, there was a post from like 2013. I was horrible and I'm not relevant. It is miserable. I'm not going to do it. You actually don't have to. What if you found like a way to generate content that you like? There's a million different platforms today. There's a million different ways to get out there. And if you want to be on stage promoting a message, find a social platform first, and then you're going to start booking stages with real live audiences. You kind of touched on something there that I'm intrigued by. You, you mentioned, you know, for you, you're like the idea of doing a blog, which you'd heard people told you to do. Just the idea of sitting down and writing and staring at a blank screen just sounded depressing. But doing something like video clicked with you. Do you feel like everybody needs to do video or is video going to be better suited for some people compared to others? In my personal opinion, you need to do video. <laughs> You have to do video. In today's world, if you're not doing video, you don't exist. And yeah, you can get discovered in other ways, but if you want entertainable, like entertainment that is digestible, that's also like learning, if you don't have a fan base and audience, then you don't have an impact like you should. So you don't have to, I'm going to say you don't have to, but 82% you better start doing video. And let me say this, it's so easy to do video nowadays. Like if you don't have nice equipment, that's okay. You don't need that. You do have a phone and Facebook live is now a thing. I would suggest starting there. Just do a quick little two to five minute video on Facebook live talking about whatever. What's awesome about that is since it's so new right now, Anyone who is like tuned into your Facebook channel or they like your channel, they like yourself, they're going to get a notification that says Grant Baldwin is live now. Everyone is going to get that. That's not always going to be the case, but it is now. So if you're just like doing one of those videos every single day, and it might be boring as heck, but if you're doing that, at least people are knowing that you're doing that. And they're like, wow, they're pretty innovative. They're on Facebook live. Right, right, right. So you'd mentioned though that like in your situation, you're doing it almost as a daily thing, which outside looking in to be devil's advocate, like that sounds like a crap load of work of shooting every single day, editing every single day. Like it seems like a lot more work than sitting down at a blank screen and typing out, you know, 500,000 words, which is some work, but like shooting and editing a video, just there's a lot that goes into it. So what do you find is like a good rhythm? Like in your case, it's daily-ish, but for most people, if I'm just like, I'm brand new to video, I'm intrigued by it. So the idea of going from zero to a thousand just seems like a lot. What are like, how often should I be making a video to kind of get going? There are stats on that that I could share. One specific stat, this comes from Gary Vaynerchuk and he's like, insane, so take it or leave it. But he's like, you need to be posting seven pieces of valuable content every single day. Can anyone do that? I don't think so. Not even he does it. So let's be real. But I would say a good balance is like every two to three days, just be checking in. Like some people just let their Instagram sit until something exciting happens. And then they post about that exciting thing. And then they sit and then they post something exciting. My suggestion is develop a strategy of just post, like make a point to post 
one thing a day or once every other day and have it be something within your brand. It doesn't have to be anything big. Take a picture of your food or take a picture of you at the park. As long as people are like tuning into what you're doing, you should do it. And that's why like Snapchat is such so genius because what I do is I'm filming on like a nice camera. I'm spending six or seven hours editing this and I'm posting it out to the world. Snapchat and now Instagram, they have stories where you can do a micro vlog. All you have to do is hit record and talk about what you're doing. You can add cool pictures. And then there's all of a sudden a story that you're building. So build a story. People would love to see you walking to work. Just, oh, dude, you're in Boston and you're on the T. That's cool. That's a new experience for me. Or, wow, you're like at Harvard. Take a picture of that. I would love to see what you're doing or what you're at. I think you're pretty good at that from time to time. You show like shots of your family. And I'm like, dude, Grant's a family man. That's cool. You, you did one a while ago where you're like talking about your process as a speaker, getting on stage, the behind the scenes. We eat that stuff up because we want to know. New speakers want to know what you're doing and how you're doing it just because it's exciting. And I think that's always interesting. Like it's, I've always heard that. And I find that to be true with other speakers, entrepreneurs, people I look up to admire of, I want to see behind the curtain, but for the person that may be shooting the video, they feel like what's behind the curtain is super uninteresting. Like there are certain people that I would be intrigued to know what do they eat for breakfast? Right. But to that person, they're like, why would anyone care what I eat for breakfast? So in terms Mm -hmm. of content, if we recognize that video is important, how do we even know like what's valuable and what's just dumb and fluffy to put out there? To answer that question, I will say that celebrity status is king in our industry. Take a look at Kim Kardashian. Does she really ever post anything that exciting? I don't follow her. I don't know. (laughs) I I, I don't either, but (laughs) it's not that exciting. It's just, she's a celebrity. And so whatever it is she does, it's exciting. Take a look at like the speaker world. If you're a conference planner and you want to bring in a speaker, there's kind of like a chain of interest that you go through. And I think at the very top of the list is a celebrity. As a conference planner, you want to look good. You want to look like you're doing things right. And so if you can get a celebrity that everybody knows, you win. It doesn't matter if they suck as a speaker. They're a celebrity, so get them. The second is like a talent-based speaker, someone who can juggle, someone who can breathe fire. The next level down might be like the expert, someone who's written a book. They're the lead researcher in their field. And then there's like the rest of us, all the rest of us speakers who aren't quite celebrities, aren't quite experts, aren't quite there yet as far as our talent is concerned. And so we're like fighting to try and get gigs. Of all the stuff that we talk about as speakers, I would say work to get celebrity status. And that doesn't mean that you have to be like on a TV show or you have to be in a movie. What I'm saying is in the world that we live in today, it's so easy for you to go directly to your followers, your audience. Back in the day, it used to be, oh, well, there's, here's this talent scout that sees value in me. They put me on stage and then off I go. We don't need that barrier to entry anymore. You can literally start doing your talent, post it up as a video, and you can start getting followers. People are doing this. They're flocking to media. Like, think about this. In the youth world, Musical.ly. Have you ever heard of Musical.ly? I have not, actually. This is perfect, right? Musical.ly, you ask any 14-year-old and under what Musical.ly is, they will flip a lid. It's a new app. It's not that new, but essentially, you make lip sync videos of yourself. You get a popular song, you can speed it up, slow it down, make your voice different, and you can just do a little song. There are kids on there, 14 year olds, who are mega celebrities. Mega, 
mega celebrities. We're talking like 14 million followers, insane celebrities, and they're making money on Musical.ly because all they're doing is, and they're putting music, you probably couldn't hear that, but <laughs> they put it together with some music and then kids go crazy. And now all of a sudden people like Jacob Sartorius is the next Justin Bieber. And you probably haven't even heard of the name Jacob Sartorius. Go look it up. It's a big thing right now. But he's a celebrity, just a kid at home making videos. He created his celebrity status. In your own way, speakers, you can do the same thing. All it comes down to is finding your brand, finding your niche, and then putting it out for the world. And if it's good, people will follow you, and then media will notice. And then all of a sudden, when you go to a school, they already know who you are because they've seen your stuff. You've mentioned like the youth and school world a few times. I know that's the main stuff that you do where obviously like doing vlogging and doing like you mentioned, some of these like musically may be really popular and trending with that audience. Or do you think this works with adults? This works with in the corporate space or with associations or with executives or business leaders? Absolutely. 100%. 100%. So in the youth world, yes, I'm in the youth world. My genius comes from the anticipation before the presentation. If you can get kids excited before I show up, then I'm already a rock star. That's why I film these videos is because we'll post up posters at the school. It'll say, check out Josh's vlogs. They'll go watch a few. They'll get sold on the idea. And I show up on stage and they're like, oh my gosh, here's this movie star, even though I don't even have that many followers. But they think that I'm a movie star and now they get to see me and they get to be in the vlog. In the corporate space, I think it's Even more so the case, because if you can digest any content, especially if it's high quality media beforehand, then you already know who this person is. Think of it as a really intense introduction to the speech. The intro to the speech that someone reads is a big deal. That's the first time that they're hearing from you. I think in the world that we live in, they should have already heard of you a week ago. They should have known that you're coming, known that you have videos, go and watch them, get interested, and then they're tuned in at the event and they're pumped. It sounds like that using video, especially doing it on a regular basis, can also be some type of differentiating factor for you as a speaker in that if you are using your videos to help promote the events that you are going to speak to, that's a win for the conference planner, for the event planner, because they know that they're getting some promotion from you for their particular event. Have you found that to be the case? Again, 100%. You're spot on. So here's a perfect example in the youth world. And I'm sure this goes across the board, but you've been very involved in speaking at leadership conferences. And you know that like after the conference, you get up on stage, you kill it. Everything's good. The conference planner loves you. And then you go home and you send an email and say, hey, can I have a letter of recommendation so that you can promote your brand further? That is one of the hardest things to get from conference planners, not because they don't want to, it's just because they're so busy and you're asking them for like an hour of their time, having to put together thoughts and all this stuff in your honor and that's fine, but they're just busy. So the way that I differentiate myself on that end is I will go to a conference, I will film parts of the conference, I will spotlight the positives, I will make the conference look as amazing as possible And I will put it together in a nice little video. And now I just send that to them and say, hey, here was a fun little video. Feel free to share it with the advisors. Feel free to share it with other CTSOs. And if it's good, they will be excited to share it because not only is it a portion of me, it's a portion of them. It's something that they're interested in and they're 
it's a link. They just send it out and say, dude, check out this cool video. And now it's not just a letter of recommendation that I have to read in order to bring Josh in. I can see the emotion in the students. I can see portions of his speech. And this is an FCCLA conference. I'm an FCCLA advisor. So it's a home run. And that's been very beneficial for me. All right. Let's talk about gear for a second, because it seems intimidating in that there is, uh, you know, you have cameras and microphones and lighting and all these different variations that go into our variables that go into making a video good. And so you can go from one end of the super, super crazy expensive spectrum. Uh, but for someone who's just like, okay, I'm intrigued by video. I've got an iPhone. That's about it. Like what's the bare minimum I need to get in order to, if I just wanted to shoot a video in my home or in my office or at a hotel or in the airport, what, what do I need to make that happen? Yes. Yes. Great question. I actually, this is something that like has, there's a lot of content here that I could talk about. I'll just summarize it, but I did put together a beginning guide for speakers on how to do video. There's a little PDF that hopefully we can get in the show notes. Go ahead and check that out. But nowadays technology is getting so good that if you have an iPhone or any other device that has a camera on it, dude, that is all you need. I started shooting my videos on an iPhone five and it's pretty decent quality. iPhone 7 Plus now shoots as nice quality of video as any DSLR out there. So I would say if you have a video, just do that. Like my first prank series, I did it on my phone and I did it with a GoPro, very low budget, but it worked. And as long as the content is good, then people don't really care if the quality isn't that good. So I would say start there. And like, I would say start on your phone and then be posting, just like do live videos and just post whatever you come up with here. There's like little editing softwares already built into your phone where you can like chop the ends off. You can change the colors. You can filter it a little bit. So very basically start on your phone and use some of the built-in tools to edit. If you want to like get serious about vlogging, cameras, they cost some money, but you can do some damage with a $500 camera. The current camera that I'm using is $1,300. It's a little nicer. I like the zoom feature. It does great video. I do a a microphone to help me out with that, but lighting is always going to be a problem. Audio is always going to be a problem, but if you're willing, you'll start to realize, Oh, the lighting just didn't look good there or the audio didn't come across very clear. So you can make adjustments. You can start to know what to look like. Since I'm on the road a lot, I start to realize there are certain lights in the airport that I can stand under that make me look better. (laughs) So you you learn just those little nuances and you learn where not to film. So it sounds like some of it is even just trial and error. Like I think that's always a concern with so many speakers, and not just speakers, but people interested in video is if I'm going to put something out, whether it's video content or blog or whatever, I feel the need for it to be perfect and it needs to be perfect out of the gate. And it's really just kind of an unrealistic expectation. But episode one of the podcast is going to be vastly different or should be vastly different than episode a hundred and some. So I think with video, it sounds like just trying something again, just maybe even using your iPhone and just kind of playing with it and recognizing this audio didn't work or that audio didn't work or lighting did or didn't work. And here's some things that I could tweak or try differently. It seems like starting to just play with it at least gives you something to go off of rather than just being intimidated and not starting at all. Yeah. Just don't be afraid of it. And people aren't as worried about it as you are. We get so caught up about how we look on camera or how we sound. we got to edit it down to the very perfect. Right. Stop trying to be perfect and start trying to be authentic and people will start to resonate with your message. And then you can start editing. Like I started editing on iMovie. It's already built into MacBooks. 
you can do almost pro level work on that. And that's where I started to learn how to edit and since have moved on, but man, you can get really close and really good. I can say from personal experience, I've been doing a few more videos lately that I'm just shooting in my home office and I'm just shooting on my iPhone right now. And I've got a, I just picked up a little Rode lapel mic, lav mic that I've been using. And I've got a cheap little like studio light kit and it works. It's not some fancy setup at all, but literally I've got my iPhone on a tripod and that works right now. So I think a key thing with uh, one thing I say a lot with your demo video, your website, and even with the video quality right now is to work with what you've got and improve as you go. And so start with what, and if you have an iPhone, then that works right now. There's no need to go spend, you know, a grand or a couple grand right out of the gate. Like you mentioned, you were working with a tool that you already had in your iPhone. You started working with your iMovie, which is included with a Mac, uh, before you started upgrading to nicer, better tools. So yeah, I think work with what you've got and improve as you go is, it seems real fitting here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I will say again, you have to be doing video or some sort of content generation because our industry is changing. Youth speakers, corporate speakers, the industry is changing. And this is what I mean, that the food industry has already experienced this. I think it's finally coming to us. But think about it in terms of us as speakers, right, Grant? We're on the road a lot. We're in cities where there's probably really great places to eat. How do we find a great place to eat. You can go to their website, but you know it's going to be like the best shots of the food and you know it's going to be awesome testimonials. It's them putting together what they think about their restaurant. And that might not be a perfect representation of what you actually get. So what's the alternative? We don't care what they think about themselves. We want to know what other people think about the restaurant. So we go to Yelp and Yelp will show us, oh, wow, four and a half stars on 500 reviews. This place has got to be good. Mm -hmm. Our world is changing too, where it's important to have a website, but it's not everything. There's a thousand different speakers with a thousand different websites. And a lot of schools and corporations might get burned because it looks good on paper. But when you bring them out, it's not what you expected. So they don't care about what you think about you. What they care about is what do other people think about you? So when they do a search on you, they're not only going to be looking at your website, but they also want to know how many followers do you have on Twitter? How many posts have you made on Instagram recently? How many subscribers do you have on YouTube? And if there's a large following, then they're kind of like, okay, this person has something to say. That's great. If they see like two subscribers they might need to dig a little bit harder to see if you're the right fit. And I think that kind of goes back to celebrity status. And, and I, I just did a little Google search on Grant Baldwin just to see, right? And it's awesome. Like your Twitter account is blowing up. You've got a lot of stuff going on on Facebook. You're starting to do videos on YouTube. I can see that there's current content. And so if I were a conference planner, I would say green light, this is perfect. So to wrap up here, again, for someone that's just like, all right, I'm intrigued, but I'm still on the fence. I feel intimidated for a million of reasons. Why should we be doing video and, and like help me just mentally get over that hump? If you want to start doing video, I would say, let's start today together. Let, let's work on it. Just You've got the tools already in your power. Just start doing it. My suggestion would be make your very first Facebook Live post about anything and everything you want. Just feel what it feels like. Get yourself out there and see what happens. And then if you want to like pursue it and you feel good, start branching into like interviewing people or start going out and having adventures and vlogging that. I simply started by having an idea about a prank. Like it'd be cool to do positive pranks. 
So I dressed up like a homeless person. I went out there with my iPhone and I just kind of filmed when people came up to me to offer me money and said, Hey, I'm not homeless, but here's a gift card to Starbucks. Thanks. And the video's all right. It's not the best, but at least I went out there and started and I learned so much. Right. Cool. So don't go out and buy a bunch of equipment. I would say, start with what you have, see how you like it and just start going. Cool. Sounds good, Joshua, man. We appreciate the time. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, and maybe even check out some of these videos that you've mentioned, where can we go? Yeah, I would love to see you subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can keep in tune with all of my weekly adventures. Uh, if you want to like me on Facebook, we can be friends there. And of course, joshdreen.com. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Also, you mentioned a gear kind of PDF. So I'll get that from you and we'll include that in the show notes. We appreciate you putting that together. Awesome, Grant. Thanks so much. It was awesome. Thanks, buddy. All right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Josh Dreen. You can check out his stuff over at joshdreen.com, J-O-S-H-D-R-E-A-N.com. Check it out, joshdreen.com. Hey, again, let me remind you, if you haven't already, check out Free Speaker Workshop. Listen, I tell you about this just about every single week. What are you waiting on, all right? We'd love for you to come hang out with us. Again, we do these free live trainings every single week, teaching you exactly how to find paid speaking engagements. So definitely you want to register. Definitely come hang out with us. We also do some live live Q&A on those calls. So it's an opportunity. If you have a question, you want some feedback, you just need some insights on something, come hang out with us. We'd love for you to join us again, freespeakerworkshop.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode, episode 125. We'll catch you next time. You're awesome.